Thank you. How have you done this week in terms of remembering things? Did you forget anything? I don't want to come across as too heavy-handed, but most of you forgot something on Friday. How did you know? National Arbor Day. He did not forget. So uh, on Friday happened to be the 150th anniversary of Arbor Day. Uh, did you forget to plant a tree? Uh, I planted a red maple tree, uh, actually courtesy of the city of Elmhurst. They came to our, our school and uh, donated a big 20-foot tall uh, maple tree. So uh, uh, that was good. I remembered Arbor Day. Maybe you didn't remember Arbor Day. Um, however, I had to go to Costco to pick up a cake. I was in charge of teacher treats, and I, bought an, I had an Arbor Day cake. No surprise. Um, Costco is not a place to run a quick errand, right? The problem was, is we needed something from there, and I forgot. I mean, and it was necessary for an event at our house on Friday night. So I had to run back to Costco again the second afternoon, which was less than ideal, and uh, I had to go through all of this rigmarole because I forgot. Uh, we have trouble remembering as humans at times. Uh, maybe you've had a, an important work detail. Other people were depending upon you to get this done, and you forgot. And uh, in our modern age, there is actually no excuse for forgetting. I mean, with our digital calendars, our reminders, why should we forget? Now, as we move on to bigger things, uh, I think about covenants. And uh, I, don't, I don't forget my marriage because I have a, I have a symbol of the covenant of marriage that's, that's with me. Keeps me to, to remember. And then when it comes to my walk with God, uh, can you recall a time in your life that was particularly spiritually powerful? Uh, I think of one time, uh, it was over 25 years ago, I couldn't believe I had the privilege of going to the Promise Keepers Pastors Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was something about that time that was deeply spiritually rich. I remember us all singing, and I felt so close to heaven, more than I ever have in song. The sermons, these were nationally known speakers, but these were not just great sermons. These were messages that stirred my soul. And after I got home from that, after a couple weeks, I, I forgot. Well, this is who we are as humans. And uh, God knows that, and he is gracious. And so he has incorporated within our spiritual life times to remember. And so today, simply and importantly, we are going to remember, remember God's great salvation. Now, our scripture text this morning is uh, about a, another remembrance meal, the Passover. And so I'm going to read from uh, Exodus uh, chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, the Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you, till all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their, their father's houses, a lamb for a household. 
And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he, he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, so shall, you shall make uh, count for the lamb. The lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs that they, uh, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it, its head, with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And at all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you in the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. God's word for us today. Well, let's uh, begin with a little historical background. You have the fathers of the nation of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. During the time of Jacob, there was a severe famine in the land, and God providentially used one of the sons of Jacob, Joseph, who was sold as a slave into Egypt, who had providentially become a ruler of Egypt. God used Joseph not only to save Egypt from famine, but the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob from famine. And so the family of Jacob of Israel traveled to Egypt where they could stay alive and flourish. Well, over time, the burgeoning population of Israel became a threat to the Egyptians. And after several hundred years after Joseph, this threat grew enough that the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites. Now the Israelites knew they had to get back to the promised land, but they were trapped. They were trapped in Egypt and they needed to be delivered. And so we come to the book of Exodus. We come to what I'll say is Moses part one. Through an unbelievable set of circumstances, the Hebrew boy Moses grows up as royalty in Egypt. He knows everything there is to know about Egypt. It seems like he's the guy. And then Moses kills an Egyptian. He flees Egypt and lives in the wilderness for decade after decade. It appears that Moses is out of the picture. But then we have Moses part two. After 40 years in the wilderness, God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. And so Moses returns to Egypt. 
he approaches Pharaoh with these famous words, let my people go. And this is what begins the ten plagues on Egypt and Pharaoh's unbelievably stubborn heart. You know, the first uh, nine plagues, blood in the Nile River, then frogs, gnats, flies, death of livestock, hail. Then there is uh, locusts. And I forgot when I had this memorized. Uh, locusts. Uh, hail, locusts, boils. And then the ninth one is darkness. And then after darkness comes the final plague. The plague that brings us to our passage today, the Passover meal. Now, I have some props with me this morning. It's not merely to keep you interested or as a, as, as a gimmick. Uh, actually, in the Passover meal, there were props. This is part of the point of the meal. Part of the meal is not just to think about things, but it's to taste things, it's to, to live things out. So, there was a lamb. I know, it's a cute little lamb. And so, they're supposed to pick their lamb on the 10th day of the month. On the 14th day, they were to slaughter this lamb. Now, what are two things about this lamb? It was to be without blemish, and they were to break no bones in the lamb. Uh, then they were to have their Passover feast. Uh, during the feast, they had bitter herbs. Now, interestingly, bitter herbs, that Hebrew word could also mean wild lettuce, which got me an idea, bringing kale. Do you like to eat raw kale? It's, it's a little, some of you may like it, a little bitter. I don't mind it with other things. But they ate bitter herbs. Now, later on, as Jews celebrated the Passover, what was the point of eating the bitter herbs? It was to make them to recall the bitterness of slavery in Egypt. And then they were to eat this meal of lamb with bread that was unleavened, meaning had no yeast. Why? Because God's salvation was happening quickly, and they needed to be ready to go. There was no time to put yeast in the bread and wait for it to rise. It had, the bread had to be made much more quickly, so no yeast. And then interestingly, they had to eat their feast, as you recall, with their belt fastened or their cloak tucked into their belt, their sandals on, and their staff in hand. They were to eat in haste because God would be providing salvation for them and they needed to be ready to move into that deliverance that God was providing. And then the last plague happened. Every firstborn in Egypt died. God's judgment, God's judgment on the land of Egypt because of Pharaoh's hard heart. Now, it was not only a judgment on the land of Egypt. The Bible says it was a judgment on the gods of Egypt. 
And it only wasn't just a time of judgment, it was also a time of salvation. For as that angel of death passed over the land, when it came to the door frames that had the blood of the lamb on the door frames and the top and the sides, God's judgment passed over. You could see that because of the blood of the lamb, because of the sacrifice of the lamb, and also because of God's gracious acceptance of a substitute sacrifice, the judgment did not fall on his people. Who is this God of the Hebrew people? The text says, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord over the gods of Egypt, over any other religious system on the face of the earth. I am the Lord. I alone am over all. This is what was happening through the ten plagues, but especially the tenth plague. And in addition to that, what was being communicated about God is, I am the Lord of my people. I know you. I have redeemed you. I am delivering you. I am saving you. You are free. You are free. This is the God that they serve. Not a God on par with all of the other gods in the world of the day, but the one God above all. So, don't forget. Don't forget this day. This lamb, the bitter herbs, don't forget you leaving Egypt. Never forget it. And how are you going to never forget it, Israel? You're going to celebrate the Passover year after year. Commemorate it for generations. And in addition to just the Passover, they added the week of unleavened bread afterwards as well to not forget because we as humans are prone to forgetfulness. Now, in the meal... There is deliverance. They think about deliverance. They taste deliverance. When they celebrate Passover, it's like, in a small way, they're reliving the deliverance. Also, the deliverance has to do with their identity, who they are as a people. Before the Passover, who were they? these Hebrew people. Well, they were the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And after the Passover, they were still the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But now, they were a delivered people. They were a saved people. And God is their God who came to them and delivered them miraculously out of the clutches of Egyptian control. So they are gods. This is so important that this month was to be the first month of their year. That's how important the recognition of this deliverance was. Now, for my last point of the message, I want to take this here, and uh, I'm going to move down to the communion table. 
as we think more about deliverance. When Jesus celebrated the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, with his disciples, what was Jesus celebrating? It was the Passover meal. It was the meal of salvation. So in this context of Passover, of saving deliverance, Jesus institutes something new for the church. And why does he? Because another lamb has come. Another lamb has come. Just as Passover is foundational for the Israelites, for the Jews, the death and resurrection of Jesus is foundational to who we understand, uh, what we understand about our identity as the church and as each one of you as individuals as well. We have the Lamb, the Lamb. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the city had swelled with pilgrims who had come to celebrate Passover. And what were they doing on that day? That was the 10th day of the month. That was Lamb Selection Day. And when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, it was as if God the Father Almighty was pointing down and saying, and here I have selected my Lamb. And when Jesus gave himself for us upon the cross. When he was on the cross, and when the Roman soldiers came to speed up the process, they broke the legs of the criminals on either side of Jesus. And when they came to break Jesus' legs, they hesitated, they stopped, and they did not. This was hugely significant, because the bones of the Passover lamb are not to be broken. Jesus is our Passover lamb. Earlier in the service, we prayed a prayer of confession. We should live confession, right, in our lives. We need that. I think about the, the bitter herbs. I think about the sin that Jesus has saved me from and that I don't need to live in the guilt of my sin. I am forgiven. And so as I confess my sin... I remember it, and then I put it behind me and receive that grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the walking stick. When we partake in the Lord's Supper this morning, this is not merely a nice religious ritual. Oh, a nice good church thing to do so we feel better about ourselves. Oh, I like it when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. No. This is life. This is deliverance. And as we have in our mind the children of Israel being freed from Egypt and moving forward to the promised land, God says to us, through Jesus Christ you are saved and now move forward into life in that life in Jesus Christ. God has called you to live in his kingdom, to live into that deliverance. 
And so I like the symbol of the walking stick that we celebrate communion, that we have been delivered, and that we move forward into life. So we can easily forget, and I, I think about this week, have you forgotten Jesus? Have you gone through a day and thought, and so now we come to the table of the Lord and we remember, we remember the salvation of Jesus Christ which Jesus himself established for us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we gather today to celebrate Jesus Christ given for us. We give thanks and praise to God the Father that our Savior Jesus Christ, before he suffered, gave us this memorial of sacrifice until he comes again. In this supper, God declares to us that our sins have been completely forgiven through the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ which he himself finished on the cross once and for all. And so with thankful hearts, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. From 1 Corinthians 12. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. To prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper today, uh, we're going to sing three verses of When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. And if we could have the first uh, verse on the screen. As you look over those words, that third line, my richest gain, I count but loss. There are certain things that we feel are valuable in our life, and they indeed may be valuable. But compared to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, all of those things that we think are valuable are, are as nothing. Uh, verse 2. See from his head, his hands and feet, sorrow and love flowed mingled down. Daily, you and I struggle with selfishness. And when we look at the, the cross of Christ, we don't see the great tragedy or great hopelessness. In fact, we see love. And that love should self-correct our selfishness. And our whole life should seek to, to plumb the depths of Jesus' love. And then the last verse that we're going to sing demands my soul my life, my all. As we consider the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in communion, we think about going forward into life this week. And this is life. This is who I am. And it demands my soul, my life, my all. 
Let's stand and sing these three verses of When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I survey the God, the Lord has prepared his table for all who love and trust in him alone for their salvation. All who are truly sorry for their sins, who sincerely believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and who desire to live in obedience, are now invited to come with gladness to the table of the Lord. And if you are here today or watching online, and you have not put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you at this time to pray, to consider the state of your life and consider the beautiful, wonderful, saving claims of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy Father, and thanks for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In the joy of his resurrection and in the hope of his coming again, we present ourselves a living sacrifice and come to the table of our Lord. Amen. The bread which we break is a communion in the body of Christ. Take 
and eat. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. The cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks is a communion in the blood of Christ. Take, drink, remember and believe that the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. From Psalm 103, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your sins, heals your diseases, redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things and your youth will be renewed like the eagle's. Amen? Amen.